Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody, on this beautiful, snowy <laughs> New Year's Eve. Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, True Straight Up. Chuck and Julie Show brought to you by AmericaCitizenPress.com, a great conservative website, and Denver Sunogenics with Dr. Julie McCallan. Um, first, this is the, uh, the uh, confluence of a party Friday and New Year's Eve. So we thought if you've got a toast, Go ahead and oh yeah, we're drinking the we're drinking the really good stuff. Okay, we're drinking the really good stuff here. Um, actually, I have, this is thousand dollars a bottle. Thousand thousand dollars a bottle, so, sort of, sort of, kind of. But um, if you want to go ahead, we'll do this again later on. But if you have a glass now, I know Leo, you're always prepared. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone! Party Friday to everybody. Mm. It's not bad, actually. A lot. I mean, I say that because it, it, it was a little a bit thousand dollars. Well, a thousand dollar bottle. You never know what it's going to be. <laughs> As a practical matter, um, this is how long Julie has been in television. How many years? What, 40 years? Um, she says, we can't drink on air. I said, this is, <laughs> we can't drink on air. This is her own oh, wait, podcast. It's our, it's our basement. <laughs> it's our basement. What the hell are you talking and about? She has no control over us. So. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? We can't drink on air. And they certainly can't get after you. Um, a lot to talk about today. We have a Democrat strategist, a.k.a. sort of Soros, Ted Trimpa, joining us. Um, and then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking to, um, oh, yeah, Leo, I was a dollar too short to buy that bottle. Yeah. Oh, that would have been free then, Leo, because <laughs> <laughs> this bottle is not much more than a dollar. Um, uh, yeah, it's a thousand dollars. Um, anyway, Tim Smith is going to be joining us. Guys who've listened to our show know Tim Smith. He's, I don't even know how to, he knows everybody. Tim Smith is sort of the handyman to the stars. He's got a restoration company. Um, yeah, very successful. But he and his son Jackson, who's just a year younger than Rev, are a fellow rugby fans as well. And um, they were in Louisville last night. It ended up being evacuated along with the entire town of Louisville and Superior. So we'll be talking to him about that. That's a lot, then, that's, you know, that's a lot of people evacuated. I mean, I think Louisville um, these days is around twenty or thirty thousand. Right, Superior's ten thousand. That's a lot right. of people. And I think the last count, last count, they're saying over a thousand homes burned in that fire. Um, so we'll be talking to them about that. And I think Peg Cage, who, Peg Cage, your favorite, Peg Cage, who who has a a, a great uh, hacienda in Boulder County, and uh, she took some great pictures of the fire that got published internationally. So we'll have her on. All right. And so let me see, because I know there's, I see some places or some folks up on the Zoom thing. So Ted was going to join us by Zoom. Hey, Ted, are any of these people, sometimes it doesn't really say Ted, are you there, Ted? And if you are, go ahead and unmute yourself and turn your, turn your camera on. Do we have Ted yet? maybe not entirely. So Ted texts me. He was like, or I text him. He said, um, he's, he's at New York, his partner, Arash, who I used to work with at Fox 31, who now is a producer on the Greg Gutfield show. And he teased Arash, although there's probably some truth to this. That's one of the reasons Gutfield is doing so well. He is um, at the Met 
in New York, um, showing Arash's parents the Met. And I'm like, is the Met open? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. I no, mean, no, don't be sure. Well, that's true. They closed down everything. everything. Yeah. And Sanders says really like Arash. We all like him show. Okay. So, so Thomas is trying Ted, but didn't reach him. But what we wanted to talk to Ted about as you know, he's a Democrat strategist and um, wanted to talk to him about why everybody hates Biden and why the Democrats suck so bad. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> but that's what, that's what we want to talk to him about. And but- while notwithstanding all that, are the Democrats greatly favored in Colorado in 2022, um, uh, which, which has, a, there are a lot of reasons for that, but uh, we'll get his perspective, which is always one of the most um, Brilliant. Um, no, Ted, analysis. for folks who don't know, yeah, Ted, I mean, he would not probably agree with this, but he kind of like runs the Democrat Party behind the scenes, Ted and other Ted's. Um, he runs and, your life. Yeah, yeah, which means that he runs our life now. Uh, but but Ted is, though, what's great about Ted is, number one, I think he he's really good and he enjoys talking about the strategy of things. Um, and also he's honest for the most part. Sometimes when Republicans are doing well, Ted is not totally honest. And that's how you can tell. He kind of sounds like a, like a consultant when he talks. And that's when you know that they're worried. Um, we always- Let me tell you- just plain truth and how the Republicans are sucking, um, then then you know he's telling the truth. But but it's always fun. He's always brilliant. So well, we could do what we're waiting to get Ted. Maybe we could do a quick um, one to do the movie review because this oh, is I kind wanna, of fun. I want to join Ted in that, but we'll get, oh. get him. Uh, well, part of that. Our, this is our movie review segment, which you may have missed because we never had one. <laughs> the first one. Um, but but I, I I was up at at a friend's house with a lot of fellow Trumpians. And several of the guys going, have you seen Don't Look Up? It is the funniest movie It's on ever. Netflix. On Netflix. I said, oh, well, gosh, who's in it? Well, Meryl Streep's in it. And, and Leonardo, DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. And it was written by David Sirota or co-written by David Sirota. Who's a, yeah, those are all far lefties. And they go, we know, but it's still hilarious. And so we, we watched it the other night. goes over two hours. It's getting just bombed by critics. Critics hate it. Just hate it. 55% of them. Well, here's it. the thing. Oh. But, oh. but audiences, oh. close to 80% of them love it. So, so what's, what is, so we watched it, and I understood everything. It, <laughs> it, 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 it skewers. It's intended to skewer uh, Trumpians. Trump. Yeah. And, and you and me and all those people on the right. Um, it's supposed to mock, make fun of, button and what as satire, right? Uh, satire often does it, it, it boomeranged, and so it's hilarious as a satire of the left. Um, and it's just, and none of the reviewers get that. No, no, well, nobody the people who wrote it don't get it. No. Here, let me read some of these comments, are pretty funny. Leo says, Ted is looking for his Let's Go Branded shirt, he wants to make a big entrance. Um, and then the name of the movie, it's called Don't Look Up. Um, and it's on Netflix. You have to watch it on Netflix. So here was a premise. You got a bunch of these lefties who got together and said, we need to make a movie because no one is paying attention to the climate change. It's about to kill us all. So they say they recognize that if they say we're making a movie about climate change, people will be yeah. like, I, I, I'm not going to watch that. So instead, they make it about kind of like Armageddon. I know all of those movies about a comet that's going to hit Earth. Right. Only the two scientists in it who discover this, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, some spoiler alerts here. OK, so. Um, um, no one believes them or they go to the White House. Meryl Streep plays the president. Hilariously, she's oh, kind she's, of like a drunk, yeah. drunk floozy. It's like she's got a she's Hillary Clinton when Hillary was younger and better. They looking. talk about a Supreme Court nominee who's actually a porn star. And this is kind and of she's a scandal. Sending, sending pictures of what they say, her now. junk. Yeah, of her <laughs> junk to this. And so this is all. Um, OK, thank you, Thomas. So give me another call. Um, 
And, and Charlene, since you heard the movie acknowledge the blow to, blow to bureaucracy that it all can be agreed on, it's more than that, Charlene. So, but again, these lefties are so blind in their wokeness. They think that this is going to be making fun of Trump supporters who don't believe in climate change when all you have to do is look up and see we're going to die any minute. Instead, it makes fun of She's all serious. of these. It's, it's, it's like a wag the dog if you've seen that movie. It's a total parody, but it skewers all the elites, the political, media elite. The they've, got, they've got the reporter who's... Who, the the interviewer person who looks a lot like that what's her name Mika Brzezinski and 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 what's his name plays uh Don Lemon no well not it's it's really um Joe Scarborough the actor is black but he's got the same glasses so here's these media people who are just idiots and they're squeezing the legs of the people they're interviewing and it's just it's a total parody and like it makes fun of all the democrat elites now that wasn't their intention but that's what it came and at about. the end it, it, it basically is all there is at the end is faith and family now the left doesn't believe that at all right but that's the message that they inadvertently have at the very end. The I message just... that they inadvertently give you is that basically the political and media and celebrity elites do what they want, totally take care of themselves and enrich themselves and leave the rest of us to deal with the freaking comet that's about to hit us and destroy life. And meanwhile, they have their spaceship that's going to go off and save them so they don't actually care. Which, which you know, it wasn't so written about, it wasn't written about the coronavirus and all these phony politicians going to Costa Rica or down to Florida or wherever else. But but it's an exact analogy to that, where they don't plan to have these awful events affect them. Um, they're they're going to escape them all. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're having trouble reaching Ted. Well, it is New Year's Eve in, in New York City. So we'll keep trying on that. But it is funny. And I wanted to say, so this, I don't know if you guys saw what happened with AOC today, but this ex- perfectly yes. explains the situation. So AOC who is, I'm sorry, and now she's complaining that the only reason people are attacking her is because they want to date her. It's like, (laughs) are you freaking kidding me? Anyway, AOC, who is basically was a bartender who is now enriching herself and her boyfriend in in Congress, you know, is part of this, you know, she's supporting the lockdowns (laughs) in New York, small businesses, um, are closing or, are, you know, they keep, people have to wear masks, you have to have vaccine passports, destroying businesses in New York. Um, all the rest of the people have to wear masks. There are pictures of her out there today partying, drinking either a martini or a Cosmo in Miami with her boyfriend, neither one of them wearing a mask. So that's... Now, now she's always talking about people of color and how she's a person of color. That we say, you know, I have Italian relatives that are, that are darker than, than she is, but her boyfriend is about as pale skinned as myself, red hair. Uh, he's got shorts on. He's you know, showing his incredibly untanned legs. And he's about <laughs> as much of a person of color as I mean, her boyfriend is the ultimate. But, uh, but it's the perfect example. And we'll read the comments here in a second. It's a perfect example of what this movie skewers. You've got people like Ocasio-Cortez telling everyone else in New York, all the regular people, that they can't go out unless they have a vaccine. Um, they The restaurants can't kid open everything has to be closed down and what does she do she goes to miami where with the hated ron DeSantis, where it's totally open and parties on the beach with her boyfriend, with, with her boyfriend without a mask 
that's what the movie does is it skewers the elite and it shows exactly. I mean, it's sort of like what Trump showed us. I think Trump was the one who showed the emperor has no clothes. And that's what this is in the movie. They, and they show how like they have competing celebrities singing songs about look up, don't look up because you can see. Well, they mock the music industry. They mock the people in the music industry. It's just hilarious. But they're whining because the critic, because no one gets it. It's about climate change or that they're, they're whining because the Trump people like it and think it's funny and well, they don't know the trump people but what they what, what all you know movie reviews are 99 percent um lefties and and so they're always going i i, I didn't like it because i don't believe in climate change i do i vote that way honestly 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 but they got who was being skewered and it was them right <laughs> and, and they don't know why that's and, and, then, so and then they but... complain they're complaining that, that that it makes female presidents look bad i'm like <laughs> oh okay really <laughs> I but mean, it's, it's like to be she sent naked pictures of herself to the porn star Supreme Court nominee. I mean, it's just kind of it's just it's hilarious to watch. Um, and what's but like I said, if you watched it without having read any of the views, reviews, you would think oh, this is a great, funny movie. It's a lot like I said, like Wag the Dog, right? Very whoa, whoa, cynical, whoa, whoa. kind of very much a parody. But but this uh, is I, I, I know that, you know reading and literature and, and all that is, is so passe these days that the kids who go to school get, don't get to do it very much and obviously none of these um, reviewers did but what it's very much like is global travels uh-huh. global travels skews the political establishment it skews it, it makes fun of human beings and and it is it is incredibly similar to Gulliver's Travels in that sense. Now, Gulliver's Travels was published in, in 1726, and, and the people he was skewering were like King George I and the Tories and the um, Robert Walpole and, and some other historical figures uh, from that period. Um, but when I read it in sixth grade, I didn't know it was about King George I or Robert Walpole or who the Tories and the Whigs were. And, they, and I found it hilarious because it just... It made fun of what humans are. And that's what this movie is. I mean, it doesn't matter. It won't matter 10 years from now, whether it's about Hillary or it's about Trump or anything else. It's making fun of humans and the human condition. And that's why I think this movie is going to last for a long time. And it's mostly, it is, it's kind of like the wag the dog where it skewers the political elite. And it, it underscores the fact that they don't care about us. They have their spaceship to get them out of there in time right before the comet smacks the rest of us. And they let their own selfish interests get in the way of actually solving the problem. I mean, that's been the political thing forever. Hey, just a note, Chuck, to you and then to TJ, the producer. Um, Laurel Eimer, congressional CD7 candidate, um, is, is running some fundraising and doing some organizing for the victims of the fire. And so she's going to be calling in. So Thomas, okay, if you get a call from Laurel here, that's what that's about. Yeah, so just on this fun party Friday, And I know I'm seeing some comments that they're not sure if somebody says they can get it on the various channels. Um, Voodoo. um, Well, you can look up how to watch. um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's on Netflix and I imagine it'll be going someplace else. But it is kind of funny if you read the Denver Post had a couple of stories about it today where the critics were whining, saying, wait a minute. How come Trump people think this is funny? Don't they get that it's making fun of them? And it's like. No, don't you get it's making fun of you. Well, but Trump people, I, I mean, let's face it. That's what you have comedy shows, three major channels every night. at, at uh, Right. Uh, or that making, no one's watching. That no one's watching. But it still just makes fun of Trump people. And I'm a lawyer. And so I've heard a billion lawyer jokes. And so lawyers have heard a billion jokes. We don't take offense because you're just so used to it. Well, that's what Trump people are like. You're so used to being, you don't care. 
I mean, well, a big deal. But the left have no sense of humor, none. Well, that's and, right. the, and that they're getting skewered, um, even even unintentionally. They don't get. <laughs> they don't get. Well, and it underscores also the fact that the left have no sense of humor, zero sense of humor. And because, in part, in order to have a sense of humor, I think you have to have an ability to laugh at yourself, right? right, right. And the people in the left have such giant egos and are so I don't even know what the self important, self important, and smug, and, and smug that they have they have no sense of humor. They don't get that, that, you know, sometimes you have to poke fun at yourself. And so um, I really do recommend it. It was, I thought it was going to be, uh, and and then first, here's how I would recommend you do it. Watch it and just see what you think. And then go ahead and read all the lefty critics, like whining and complaining about it um, and saying, well, if they'd done a better job, they didn't make it clear it was about climate change. It's like, uh, yeah, because climate change is not the equivalent well, of a comet hitting the earth well, and destroying all life in six satire months. Is satire. No, but that's what they that's what they I were know, trying to but point out. I know they're dense, but 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 they, they they can't quite figure why no one no one gets it because it's a universal. Once again, in sixth grade, I didn't have to know that King George the First was really the emperor of the Lilliputians. I really didn't. It didn't make it. Any less funny to me, uh, the way the emperor acted and, and his pomposity and everything else. So, you know, whether it doesn't matter what the event, a lot of people thought it was about COVID and it's a good analogy for that, but it's a good analogy for anything because it makes fun of the human condition. And Sandra wants to know, does it have, have a, a happy, happy ending? End? Very happy. Very happy. <laughs> Very happy. Sandy, and you're on the right track there. If case folks want to watch it, I don't want to tell you what happens. There is a very kind of creepy, let me say this, money interests enter where you have a very creepy guy, kind of like Bill Gates enters the scene. Or Jeff Bezos. Yeah, all these billionaires, right, who are totally, who have their own escape pod, basically, so they don't care that the planet's about to get destroyed. He's in there, and maybe Monday we can talk about if people watch enough, we can talk about the ending. But I don't want to spoil it for somebody who... Well, somebody um, else... um brought up Charlene like Charlene brought up uh, Mark Twain's innocence abroad and that's true that's another good analogy but it um, also is again you look at the Ocasio-Cortez you look at Nancy Pelosi closing down hair salons and and everybody in California and then going in without a mask you know having her hair cut when no one else can it's like the Obamas having a party in the middle of the Delta variant outbreak and they have a massive party where all of the or at the Met where all of the people doing the waitressing and all of those people are bound and gagged are bound and have to wear masks but they don't I mean it's a typical thing and and I would say Here's one thing, too, sort of on a serious note, what we always have to remember is it's good to point that hypocrisy out because it opens people's eyes, right? And I think that's what's going on right now. But the other thing that's kind of interesting about it is they don't they don't get that we care. I think they get that they're being hypocritical. They just think the rules don't apply to them. And why does anyone think the rules apply to them, right? right but they don't care that the rest of us were about to be hit by a comet Oh, we may have to move the dogs. Do care. You they can keep talking while I move the dogs. They don't like that that comment hitting Earth because it means their dog chow is not going to last for very yeah. long. They'd be going down with us. Uh, but it's a movie. Somebody suggested we have a, a book of the month club and movie club. The, the book of the month, we might be able to get away with it. finding a movie once a month that is funny and and well done. I just looked at the list of 2021 best movies. and went, Oh, my God. That's it? The Green Knight, that's it. That's as good as it gets. I, I mean, it's amazing how little in the last year they put out that's even tolerable. I guess I enjoyed Dune, but uh, wow, it's amazing stuff. 
Um, we need a book club and a movie club. There you go, Charlene. <laughs> Although I get to pick the movies. Um, oh, we don't want that. <laughs> Let me tell you. We can, we can have. I, I mean, you know, opposites attract. Um, she loves the junkiest, worst redneck movies only ever. only yeah. the top box office gross you know the gross yeah. people that bring the most uh, so me and me and the rest of america taste is utterly abhorrible. <laughs> um, no it is not it no is. it is not see sandra is with me yeah. um and from charlene pass, pass the champagne right already. as long as it gets the point across that the ruling elite do not care about the people charlene's with chat there you go so me and sandra we can, we can we can make it clear which one of us is doing the review um Okay, I'll give you a, woo, woo, a little bit more of this. You know, actually, we can maybe turn to something kind of kind of serious now. And while we're waiting for Ted, my guess is that we have a snafu with the time difference. That would be my guess. Um, so you Thomas, think, you think Ted would know that one? But anyway. I, well, well, he's maybe. Oh well. I could. Can you imagine Ted blowing off the Chuck and Julie show no, to go I, to the Met? I'm no, like Ted. No. Um, Ted, hey, so so TJ, let's, let's get a hold of Raj. If you want to, he's doing um he's doing the show. Um, if you want to go ahead and maybe try to get Tim on the line right now too. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the um, the fires last night um, in in Broom, in well, I guess it was Boulder, in Marshall and in Louisville. I'm sure you all know about that. And I don't know, I think I saw Peg join the show. So Peg, if you want to unmute yourself and, and turn your camera on too, we can maybe share some of those pictures that you got. Um, I was watching it at first. Um, well, let me say this first of all. All of these whiny people on Twitter were saying, see, this is climate change. I'm like, no, it's not climate change. <laughs> It's like, hey, Peg, Peg, you live in Boulder. I remember when I first moved here from Chicago, the first Chinook Wind episode, which happened sometimes in the winter, I thought we were, it was a tornado. I'm like, why are the tornado warnings not going on? And somebody explained, no, those are just Chinook winds and they really blow. Um, so while it was devastating and while, yes, it was horrible and they were really strong winds, you've lived up there. Is this the first time that's, is this climate change that we're dealing with your pay? <laughs> I've lived in Colorado since 1970. And when we first moved here, we moved into Table Mesa right at the base mm-hmm. of the oh, mountain. Yeah. Oh. And I remember our picture window in our dining room blowing in about four inches. Like, Whoa. Yeah. So, but, um, we had a great time. My brother would take me out. He'd put his great big wool pea coat on me and take me out and fly me in the wind. So. <laughs> Climate change is, I mean, here again, once again, with the left, it's like any excuse. If it doesn't snow, it's climate change. If it does snow, it's climate change. This devastating fire um, is because of climate change. And then they're saying mean things like the rest of you, we're all going to die now because of climate change. I, play, it's I like, played in the law school tennis tournament, uh, which isn't exactly Wimbledon. Um, but we had to play the finals and I had to play the finals that day. And we played it about 90 hour winds, which is a, a most hilarious uh, tennis match there ever was. I mean, you there never were golfers on the golf course yeah, yesterday yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Tom. So I, uh, Tom, I think that our team, Thomas, I think what we're going to do, I'm sorry, I'm going to do a little bit of make sausage here. Let's go ahead and save Ted for another day, unless he calls in or joined us on zoom. And why don't you go ahead and call Tim Smith then now too. But so Peg, well, now we know Peg, for her many great efforts with the Republicans and making color better. But now she's a internationally credited photographer. That's right. Um, and uh, did some great pictures. And uh, maybe you can share those with us. Yeah, tell us about what, what you saw and what, you, what the pictures you took. So this picture is what we saw going into town about five o'clock last night. Wow. And 
that's just my daughter took it as we were driving along, but that's that's Louisville over there. It's really yeah, awful. it was Louisville. It was Louisville, and then this is the one that was shared. Wow. Uh, my daughter shared that we took that uh, by up by uh, Weld County Road One, and that's over Longmont and at the end of um, wow. Yeah, so it was a huge fire. It was now nothing. to give folks some because I've been trying to explain to other folks too um, that um, you're looking west. That right? yeah, well you're looking, but this is you're looking southwest south and southwest this, southwest. But this, is this east or west of US 36 or on both sides? Uh, 36 kind of runs right through that from Boulder down to you know, to the highway down here, I, I 25 out here. Right. So that the, one of the first things that burned was the Costco right on 36. I saw How that. Dare they do that. Yeah. You know? No, I saw, well, and you know, what's, what's unusual. And I think while this is, and I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit, well, this is, and Peg, you know, this area better than me, a lot of the attention, first of all, just, it was devastating, maybe over a thousand homes yeah. burned. Yeah. It just swept through so fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and what's getting attention is, is this was not, in the mountains, um, and they're describing it as a suburbs, which it is. On the other hand, though, am I right in that a lot of that, it, it's not as if it burned downtown, like at, you know, at 6th and Monaco in downtown Denver. I mean, these are, describe the area and why, why, what, what happened and why it happened. Uh, well, the first thing that happened, I heard, was the electric lines went down and the sparks started the the fire in the Marshall, uh, I think, open space area. And the winds were 100 miles an hour. So yeah. I don't know if you saw any of the uh, Gateway Pundit took a lot of the Facebook posts from around here and actually has them on Gateway Pundit. So you can see, but it looks, they had to explain that they did not have the film on fast forward. I mean, they were not wow. up. The, it looks so horrendous. It looked like it was at actually happening in, you know, fast forward film, but it was a hundred mile hour winds with these storm clouds that were actually smoke and, and everything blowing through the neighborhood. So it was just awfully frightening. It was just terribly frightening. I had a friend who said that she was caught down on highway 36 and showed pictures of her trying to drive along there wow couldn't see anything right well and it is is am i right in that the last we heard is although some people were hospitalized for the most part i mean there were i don't think there were any fatalities or were they or i don't i haven't heard they they don't know for sure yet (laughs) julie but there were people who refused to evacuate so hopefully they'll be okay but, you know, that's always dangerous. You know, and normally what I've used to covering, like with forest fires, I've covered many of them, um, it, it crowns in the trees. And that's how forest fires can spread so quickly. But this, it sounds like the fire was burning um, just, well, and let me back up. I remember covering years ago, the uh, woman who started the fire over there by Ken Carl Ranch, the forest yeah. service person. Yeah. One yeah. of the things was she started burning, the fire got out of the fire pit. And I think people don't realize just without any wind, even how yeah. fast the fire travels. It right. traveled way too fast for her to. So with, if it's blowing in a 110 mile hour winds, <laughs> it's just, 
Well, the sparks will be good. The sparks and everything. Right. I mean, and we haven't had any rain here, so everything is just tinder dry. It's snowing right now here in in, in Westminster. We're snowing. getting a little bit up here. We're getting a little bit of snow. Yeah. Okay. That'll, that'll Apparently, help. the whole town of Superior, the old town Superior, burned down. I know it's sad. Oh, hey, listen, Peg, I'm going to ask you to maybe kind of um, maybe take your camera off for a second because we do have Tim Smith with us, okay? Absolutely. And then we can, we can come back to you. Um, this is from, um, it was an electric line that was cut loose by the strong winds. The electric company should have cut power when the winds are over 60 miles an hour like they do in hurricanes. Mm. Uh, I bet the electric company gets sued <laughs> um, and, and, here's, and, and then has to raise, the, raise their rates to pay for all the damage. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have, um, we have Tim Smith with us. Tim is our friend. Um, and as I, Tim, I was trying to figure out how to explain you. And I'm just like, you know, everyone who's anyone. Um, but last night, um, you sent us a picture of you and your son, Jackson, who's just a year younger than Rev um, at the evacuation center. So first off, thank you for your time. But but how are you guys doing? Hey, Julie, Chuck. Hey, Chuck, did I ever tell you that I'm proud to be your friend? <laughs> well, thank you. I'm proud to be your friend. <laughs> as well as Julie. You know, um, so I was in Denver uh, about 2.30 when I received a phone call from a friend of mine that told me that uh, Louisville was on fire superior and they evacuated um, uh, the town. So I'm rushing home to get Jackson. He's home alone uh, doing his computer. We stay in contact with computer and phones. So he was unaware uh, what was going on. So it took me about two and a half hours to get here. And by the time I get home, I just packed him up. I grabbed him. I grabbed my Green Bay stock. And um, we headed over to the shelter at the YMCA. Now, when things like this happen, I don't need a government mandate. When I see fire and smoke that close, you don't have to tell me to evacuate. And uh, anyone that refuses when the government tells them to do so, um, I understand certain things, but you shouldn't have to be told to evacuate when it comes to fire. Um, no, you know, I'm that's what the, the Boulder Sheriff Department was tweeting, which is always good advice. It's like, if you can see the fire, evacuate. Don't call us and say, should I evacuate? Well, let me ask you, how was your place? Did your place survive or? Uh, yeah, yeah. so we're still a bit two, two miles away. So I am, uh, I'm in Louisville, uh, look close to Lafayette. So I am probably two miles away. So the wind was blowing uh, uh, northeast instead of northwest. So I'm northwest of the fire. So I'm okay. on South Boulder Road. So the fire did not cross South Boulder Road uh, in, in our area. So we didn't have a problem. Uh, but they did evacuate the hospitals because of the smoke and the water contamination. So the yeah. order to evacuate was because the wind could have shifted and easily uh, engulfed our area. Sure. Wow. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think when you've got a fire moving that fast, you're absolutely right, Tim. It's like, just evacuate, right? Take what you can and get out of there. Because if it comes up, I mean, it can change. I've seen that happen so often. It can and, change and, in and, an and instant. As an old fire marshal, I, I can tell yeah. you what the fire doesn't do. Well, well, not only that, um, see, whenever you have a fire, folks don't understand that the, the buildings and houses, they're built with toxic materials. Yeah. Um, so you know, from all the hive inside the wood and things like that. So when you're that close and you have the ashes, you have the smoke, right. well, a lot of respiratory problems. So that's why the elderly, uh, particularly right. in some of the long-term care facilities, have to be evacuated because it's not only the fire is damaging, it is also the smoke. Uh, right. and, and what's in the air, the ash, can actually cause respiratory problems and can kill you. So no, when you're that I, close you guys... to a fire and you're breathing in, that's a problem yeah. as well. Have you guys been able to go back home or are you still? No, we came back. Um, so uh, we came back a little bit before the order was lifted. 
uh, they kept us away because of the water's contaminated, so we don't have fresh water. Um, we, uh, they were concerned about that for a while, so they wanted people to, if you go home, boil the water and take those precautions, uh, not even brush your teeth with the water, don't use it for food, um, and to just make sure you're safe. So boil the water or use bottled water. Mm. So yeah. that was the, the, one of the big concerns. Uh, right, well, and hey, too, uh, the after effects. Just so you know, too, some of our listeners are saying, hey, good to know that you and Jackson are, are doing okay and are safe. Well, let me ask you about this. I remember covering years ago, it was like the million year flood in Boulder, where you had places in downtown, they were like almost in downtown Boulder when there was that massive rain and it was flooding and it was standing there and like water knee deep was kind of coming, pouring through this, the town of Boulder. And these people were like, I don't have flood insurance. I live, <laughs> I don't live by a stream or a creek or in a floodplain i would imagine that folks like you i mean in a million years would you have i mean you know if you live in the mountains i think that's something that you have in the back of your head at least you know i mean in a million years would you have thought you were spending you know december 30th 2021 evacuated because of a wildfire well i never would have thought of that but um i've always been better because we're pretty close to the mountains and we're, we're pretty close so you can see them but we still have a lot of open space um, and, and the area, we have a lot of farms. So I always thought that possibility it could happen uh, because when I moved to Denver, uh, when hearing about the wildfires, I always, and then when I moved closer, I did think about possibility. But uh, you always think there would be the woods and the bushes. I never thought there would be, there would be the uh, homes that were burned. Uh, right. You know, 500 homes burned. I never would have thought of that. Uh, you always what? think the woods, the trees, and the farms but never would you think that would engulf neighborhoods in that manner. Can you maybe describe, because I'm glad your place is okay, and it sounds like you guys were just a little bit east of where the, the, the really bad areas were, but did you see anything? Can you kind of describe what it's like up there? Well, the so I haven't seen any of the devastation because they, they have everything closed down. You really can't okay. get over there. So they wanted to there. But when I was at the shelter, um, you can see the fire. You can actually see the embers blowing. That's how close it was. So I think I believe I was closer to the fire at the shelter than I was at home. <laughs> so where my pictures, some of the pictures I sent you. Right, right. Um, so and how so was the elevator? Me, you know, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to no, say, go you know, we had said, hey, if you guys want to come stay here, you can. Jackson has, um, you know, Jackson has, uh, you know, spent the night here before you're welcome. And you said, no. And I really appreciate this because this is the kind of guy that you are, Tim. You're just like, no, I'm going to stay here with my community and, and support people. So how how are people? I, not, I mean, sort of just talk about what it was like being there, like being there last night and, and today. Well, uh, heading home, I was on um, 287. So they routed us around to 287, the baseline road. So I had to go around and then come back to get into Louisville. And but, uh, during that time, now there's are jam-packed. And guess what? I ran out of gas. Oh, no. I ran out of gas, oh, no. stopping the traffic. No one's blowing the horns. No one's cussing me out. No one's giving me the finger. I had to walk across the street, fortunately, buy a gas can, get some gas, put it back in. People are stopping. Can I help you? What do you need? That's different from normal times. If yeah. it was normally a situation, everybody would have been cussing me out. Uh, yeah. But this time here, everyone was just so helpful, uh, but, you know, doing anything you're willing to do to help me. Furthermore, you mentioned about you offering me, you and Chuck offered me to stay with you guys, which is fantastic. Also get a message from Senator Rhonda Fields, Casper Stockholm, uh, 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 Stephen Tubbs, offering assistance for me and Jackson. So that was a plethora of messages. Even my friend who's out of town, uh, she heard about it, and she offered me to live in her condo. 
<laughs> so I was going to, I had about eight offers. Wow. They wow. had someone home, including you and Chuck and Rev, wow. uh, which I you know brought tears to my eyes, how many people were thinking of us and right. uh, texting me up until 11 o'clock last night. I'm uh, making sure that. That everything was, what, did we lose you? What, are you there? Yeah, uh, I'm about. Okay. Hey, well, listen, well, yeah, I mean, it it was a little alarming. You know, my daughter is out of town skiing and her home in Arvada was kind of on the edge of the pre-evacuation area. And, and so I was like, you know, just, just, you know, I'm keeping an eye on it. And, and, and and, I mean, I didn't, she wasn't close or anything like that. But it is, it is alarming. So, hey, listen, is there, let me do a final kind of thing. I mean, anything else? Because, Tim, you're just a great philosopher kind of guy, too. I mean, any other thoughts before we let you go and deal with all the stuff you have to keep dealing with? Well, you know, one of the things I never experienced, I always heard about other people dealing with uh, situations like this, but never been involved in one. But what I saw at the, at the YMCA is a plethora of individuals and citizens bringing food, bringing oxygen. Uh, bringing respirators. Um, that was food. There were maybe 100 people inside the YMCA. We had food for about 500. Wow. That's how much food was there. The clothing, the bedding, the pet food. I mean, we may have had more pet food than we did human food uh, <laughs> that people donated. So there, and we, we had almost as many volunteers as we had uh, individuals displaced. Wow. Uh, so that's how good it was. It wasn't, um, um, like I told Stefan, that it wasn't really roughing it because we had everything that we needed that folks brought in. So uh, I, I've been camping, and I, but I had better accommodations there at the shelter. All right. Were people allowed to bring their pets, dogs, cats, everything else? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, come on, this is Boulder County. Come on, you know that. Yeah. Uh, they had a well, I think and they were taking them. They were, <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, they were taking them to Longmont and things like that. I guess one of the good things is in Colorado, you do have the emergency response teams that know how to, I mean, they, they usually are in the mountains where they have to respond to it, you know, not, not in um, Louisville, but they well, do, yeah, I you know. I think, you know, what surprised me is how quickly, uh, the, the, the Red Cross was there, how quickly they, where are these people at? Uh, they're just laying around as Moses waiting for things to happen. But the response was so quick um, and, and, and so swift and so organized. Mm. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe how organized it really was. So yeah. there was no shouting, no pushing, no shoving. Everything went really, really smooth considering what the, uh, what the problem was. All right, cool. All right, well, listen, we'll let you go. We're glad you're okay. Yeah, um, and we'll be, that's right. It's right. It's, I was, was going to, I feel bad. Tim, like you guys fixes everything. I was going to call you because I need my cabinet fixed. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> kind of puts things in perspective. <laughs> you know what, Julie, so. I will walk through fire to come fix your cabinet. You know there that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, thank Thanks, you. Tim. Say Good happy to new year to you. you. Happy new year to Jackson. All right, folks, we'll we'll do. Julie, I'll see you soon for your cabinet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. It is, you know, I mean, it was, it was just something. Um, and, uh, you know, and I don't know, I think Laurel Imer may be calling too, cause they're doing a fundraiser. I mean, when you think of it, this is what I was just thinking. Um, and, and I guess to wax poetic a little bit, I was a reporter for a long time and on a weekly basis, um, I would talk to people whose life, 
changed. And they got up that morning and had no idea how different their life was going to be at the end of the day. You know, it's one of the reasons, no matter whether I'm mad at you or, I mean, I always make sure to say, I love you before I leave. I know, even though there'd be no reason for me to be mad at Chuck, say in some theoretical world. Um, But anyway, um, and and that's, I was thinking these poor people in a million years, if you lived, you know, an old town superior in a million years, I don't think you would have thought you know, yesterday morning that your whole home was going to be destroyed in a wildfire. So um, anyway, just that. Do you want to do you want to go ahead and talk about I mean, we were kind of going to talk today, too, about um, you guys and your merry band, including Peg Cage, worked hard this year. You want to talk about that a little bit? Maybe Peg could come back on if she if she uh, liked to. Um, Um, Because just kind of because, you know, I don't know, 2021, I think particularly if you're a Democrat, was not the year that you hoped for. But if you're a Republican, it was everything you feared and then some. You know, it's like, are we shocked the Biden administration is incompetent? Are we shocked that two years later we're still wearing masks? You know, um, are we shocked that AOC is making everybody in New York City wear a mask and close our business while she parties maskless, drinking Cosmos and martinis in Miami Beach? No, we're not shocked. The Democrats are. But one of the good things is, and I'm just so proud of you guys, Chuck and Peg and Anil and Ben and Joe, I mean, and all of you and the people who helped. And I mean, and a lot of it was support from the Jerry folks, Mack. Jerry, Jimmy Mack, a lot of it with support from the folks who listened to us, were able, I really do think, to have an influence on the Republican Party in Colorado. Um, maybe you guys, you didn't get everything you hoped for. Maybe you only got little pieces of what you hoped for, well, but it's not over. Well, I'll, and, I'll just give a, a quick review. Uh, back in 2016, the Democrats got um, a referendum passed uh, statewide, which said that the Republican Party, as well as the Democratic Party, had to keep open primaries. That means when you choose your candidates, you would, in fact, have to allow all unaffiliated um, to be able to, to vote in your primary. Um, and it was said it was done to, to attract more moderates. Well, you know, I'm not sure the world needs some more. But, but as, as, as Ted and those guys are behind this, they didn't mean more moderates for the Democrats. They just meant they wanted to squish down Republicans. They didn't want to have any real conservatives. Um, now, similar laws, but slightly different, uh, were adopted in, in Utah and in California. Both places have found unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So the only way we could, and, and since 2016, the state has gone deep purple deep uh, blue blue uh, we've as they predicted as they they, they slaughtered republicans right. and now that they slaughtered republicans they're now taking over the republican party they're the fake more, republicans fake republicans that's all there are um and and you, if you go to the principles of liberty and see their scorecard and compare it compared to 2018 it's shocking how far left the republican party has gone right. so the one out uh they allowed because they had to because in it the was other states, yeah, it's unconstitutional. They they found if you mandate it, you can't do it. So they made it almost impossible. You had seventy five percent of of all your central committee with everybody. Voting. What they did is they made it really difficult for the party itself to overturn. It. Almost impossible, almost impossible. Right. We've we spent an entire summer traveling the state, uh, getting support uh, to 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 try to overthrow it, and it, we find we caused enough 
consternation because, quite frankly, the wealthy donors to the Republican parties, who are themselves moderate, were ones also behind this one. They wanted right. the, to, open to show, the open primary to shove out conservatives, be sure that we didn't have any conservatives in the Republican Party. Right. Um, so we actually brought it to the thing. We got enormous support from the... You uh, brought it to the internal Republican Party Central Committee. It was, it was about 520 members who met down in Pueblo. But we also got the, the part of the leadership, the uh, the vice uh, chair and the secretary supported. We got enormous support from Dave Williams, from Tom Tamcredo, and everyone Ron else. Hanks. Ron, Ron Hanks. Ron Hanks was point. just a tremendous one. So by the time we got to Pueblo, the, the moderates um, and the left were, were panicky. So Phil Anschutz threw everybody he could against us. We had the Denver Post screaming about us. We had the uh, Colorado. Independence Institute, who claimed to be conservative, screaming at us. We had editorials in the Denver Gazette, owned by Phil Anschutz, by Colorado Politics. Um, and in the end, and, and Christy Burton Brown was working in the background to destroy everything. Uh, Peter Boyles. Yeah. Well, yeah. Peter, but right, right. Uh, you'd expect Peter almost. Yeah, Sandra's pointed at Peter Boyle screaming at screaming you. That's at right. Us. But get but, to the good part. Well, but at the end of the one, everybody felt that, hey, they'd really opened our eyes and so they unanimously in one one and another one just one person objecting said yes um we want the party to to um join as a party to it and to a lawsuit a lawsuit and to um create a a fund mechanism where you could give money to the republican party for it um so after that christy burton brown and and chris murray came up with no no we have to get an opinion from the fec that we can give the money and then we blah, blah, blah. They, you know, they sent the letter three months later and, and everything else. But on Lincoln Day weekend, um, we're going to have an incredible announcement um, that the lawsuit uh, is going to be filed. We're going to file challenging the open the primary, all the work. <laughs> Peg did, I did, everyone else did, and we're going to have an enormous event uh, up at a location to raise soon money. Soon to be determined, well, soon to be announced. Soon to be announced. But this is incredible. We've managed, we've managed to, in fact, hire some of the best lawyers in the country, and if this works, if we win this lawsuit, and there's no guarantee we will, but if we, we do, will. it will change Colorado. We will no longer have a left-wing Republican Party. The Republican Party is quickly heading because all the Democrats money is coming in on the open primaries uh, to a, a really just a Democrat light party. And let me kind of go through this. So number one, so the folks who are, if you're on chat on Zoom, go look, Peg Cage just put out her website and Peg, I'll let you say that in a second. But if you're um, listening on, on the podcast or listening on Rumble or Podbean, um, it's mycoloradogop.org. And then Sandra says, is there a funding where we can help with the attorney's fees? Yes, Sandra. Chuck was on a conference call last night where they we're, were setting, setting this up. up. A, we're setting up. And a, we'll let you, we'll keep you posted. But yeah, Peg, I want well, to- Let me finish. Um, we're setting up a send, give, go site um, because the, the we could not go GoFundMe because they would stop us. The, le- uh, the left and the, the uh, establishment Republicans uh, would uproot it. But we found a site and we'll give you the page um, and we're going to watch this grow um, to a victory where we can really be proud and and I have to say, the person who really helped start all this is Peg. Right Ta-da! there, right there, Peg. Here, <laughs> so what do you what do you think of all of this, Peg? Um, I'm I'm really glad 
course, Chuck's right. We did a lot of work on it. We, we put a, a lot of effort into going around the state and trying to tell the Republican Party chairman and people who had a vote at the Central Committee, we tried to tell them that this opt out was our, it was, as Chuck was saying, it was our, um, I thought it was actually providential because if we had voted to opt out, it would have removed the Republican Party from the open primary and also from the primary. We would have had to figure out a way for the Republican Party to have their own uh, primary nomination process, which you know, several of us did, and Chuck did, and, and Ben did. And very uh, similar Virginia who did the same thing. They did it in Virginia. But what you're saying is, is you think it's good it came out the way it did? No, I think that no. it would have, well, for me, it would have been better if it had come out that the Republican Party would take responsibility for their own, yeah. uh, their own membership role and, and every, but they let it go to the state. Unfortunately, the state runs a questionable election at best, and we don't know who's voting in our primary. We know that the uh, unaffiliated actually outnumber us. So nice. if they wanted to, their candidate would be the one that the Republicans, quote unquote, put on the primary ballot. Right. And, and we don't have a chance to follow our bylaws if we're not able to put forth a candidate that would support our bylaws right. and huh? our platform. Well, here's what, let me just say this, because you guys spent so much work on this. And here's what I think, because I know sometimes you guys, I could see you get discouraged because you didn't have the votes. But what I say you guys did, um, in spite of everything thrown against you, is you were a massive grassroots influence on the establishment Republican Party. And you forced them, I believe, to at least let you have the lawsuit. And I think they thought you would all go away and lick your wounds. And instead, it's like, okay, you want a lawsuit? Well, we got your lawsuit. And you guys listening, we're going to need all your help. We're going to need everybody's help for the funding for this. But that is, if you're thinking, okay, how do I stick it to those establishments? Well, this is one of the ways how. The best way how right now, because it's out there. and, And I think, Peg, you guys were able to be a force the grassroots became a force that they've been trying to stomp down stomp down stomp right, down right. that they had to reckon with and not only that but you showed clearly how much grassroots support there is out there right well and we did get the unanimous vote for this lawsuit and this lawsuit is awesome we've got john eastman right. the the guy who was involved with the original lawsuit in california he's one of our main lawyers So, um, and they, yeah, they're, so they're just resurrecting the same lawsuit that they brought and won against California. So we're, we're pretty sure that this is a good solid lawsuit. Information about it is at mycoloradogop.org. And I put a little icon with the, with a gavel on it, just link, just go to that link and it shows you how you can donate to the Claremont Institute. And that is a tax deductible donation that you can do. to. We're going to ask people to hold off for the moment to Claremont because they're having some problem with their funding page. 
Um, oh. So we're setting up our own one that goes to Claremont. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Well, but, 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 but say that it'll directly go to 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 the to the lawsuit. Well, Peg, we'll, I mean, we'll have guys... it on there as soon as we get it, though, Chuck. Yes, so yes. my Colorado GOP is the website to watch. Let me know. We're kind of running out of time, but I mean, okay. I just think it's going to be um, it's going to be a good year. 2022, I think, is going to be a good year. Oh, oh wait, year. real quick. Okay, Peg, we're going to let you, it's going to be a good year. I'm going to let you Bye. go because we have Laurel Imer so with much, us. Peg. Thank you, Peg. Hey, Laurel, thank you for joining us. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Julie. How are you? Hello. We only have about three minutes, but want to get you on. Um, you know, Laurel is a congressional candidate for CD7, has been doing a ton of work. We just think you're great, Laurel. But what? back to the Boulder fires, you guys have some stuff going on. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so we are we are collecting donations at currently at three Jeffco locations. Um, we're collecting at Faith Baptist Church of Lakewood, which is at 2000 Quail Drive. We're also collecting at Dirty Dogs Roadhouse in Golden on West Colfax. All right. And we're also collecting at Ingram Auto Care in Arvada off of 52nd and Yukon. Um and so we have the hours posted at laurelimerforcongress.com underneath our press release tab. You'll see um, the list and the hours of those donation sites. Um, and then people can reach out to me directly um, or to our campaign in any way by email or by phone. If they just link to our website, they can call us for more information. We're collecting right now. We've got a couple delivering an entire truckload of water, dog food. Wow. Um, toothpaste, you name it, we've got it. Um, you know, me, hundreds of items me, already, and we've got other locations as well. Now, are some of these, the, some of the fires, were these in, are they in Joe Negussi's district, or would they be in CD7, or both? Well, they were right on the edge of CD7. The evacuations late last night did touch into CD7, into the top section of Jefferson County, and then Broomfield County. So, so um, it's make- right on the edge of our district, and we have a lot of people affected that are, you know, that we know very well um, in these districts. Okay, and the one thing I want to say, Laura, I'm going to give you all the credit in the universe here. So we have not seen the actual congressional representatives Pearl at Perlmutter, mm-hmm. right, or Joe Negussi right. do anything except tweet their sorrow um, and prayers. Oh, thanks. That's right. Um, but you, a candidate, are doing everything. And I just really want to give you credit, Laura, because I know how hard it is for candidates to raise money. And for you to take time out from your campaign not that I, I mean, I have right. absolutely no doubt that you're the kind of person who would do this, right? You wouldn't even think about it. But I just want to make sure people understand that you are saying, right. don't get money to my campaign. If you've got money to give right now. Give right, it because to today people. is, yeah, today is our last day to fundraise for our campaign for the quarter. And so it's a very important fundraising deadline that we're up against for ourselves. But this is more important. The people are more important. And that's mm-hmm. the point. And that's what Washington is missing. They have forgotten that the people of the district are the people who are important. It isn't about me or anybody else. It's about those people. If you can't elect a person who can see that, then you're going in the wrong direction. There you go. No, there Laurel. Go. So that, that's why we support you, Laurel. Um, and again, you know, thanks, Ed. Well, I appreciate Thoughts it. and prayers. But hey, thanks, Laurel, for the yeah. actual help that yeah. will go to people who need it. Great job, Laurel. Right. All right. Anything else right. you want to so, say? Yeah, like that, give- no, just I say just laurelimerforcongress.com or on our Facebook page, Laurel Imer for Congress. You can get all the information there. Reach out to me anytime, day or night, by phone or by text. All that information is there on the website where you can link to our um, email if you have questions or concerns. And, you know, reach out to us and we'll get you um, linked with as many resources as we possibly can. 
That's All right, Laurel, well. you're tremendous. Thank you for what you're doing. Hey, and, and happy new Thanks, year. Thanks, Happy new year. Happy right. new year to you. All right. All right. Bye. Thank you. And and again, I just kind of want to underscore that, guys, the importance of that, because how do the, the support she gets from all kinds of places depends on her fundraising, and and I'm sorry, I don't, I haven't heard of any other candidates or the actual representatives taking time out from their fundraising for themselves nope. to raise money for the people who need it. Go watch that movie, Don't Look Up, yeah. and um, and and see some of the politicians there, and you'll you'll see Ed Perlmutter, and you'll see Joe Nagusi. Right. And and I think if you're living in CD7 and wondering who you would vote for, and I mean this sincerely, I would just remember this day when 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 Laurel Imer and they called us and said, hey, can we talk about this? Right. She didn't yeah, call and say, hey, can I talk about my campaign? Can yeah. I do this? And well, she didn't we'll tell have, me to ask. We'll have her on next week to be able to talk. About I mean, campaign. she just wanted yeah. to talk about that. So, hey, that is going to we won't see you until next year. Yeah. As Rev says, so. We want to give you a toast and thank you for all listening and being part of our community. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you to everybody who listens on Zoom. Thank you to the folks who called in and Peg and also to Laurel and the great folks at BBS. A special toast to them. You guys do a great job. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2022. That's right.